Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Welcome in this pick and roll podcast. We are back and it is another episode of fantasy basketball awesomeness. We are going to go through some of the latest news in fantasy basketball, NBA news. Uh, We want to talk about Mello. Mello's back. And with me, as always, is Al Hunter. We're going to talk a little Mello. I know you're a huge Carmelo Anthony fan, Al. Yeah, what's up, Steve? Uh, no, I'm not a huge Carmelo Anthony fan. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to slander his name a little bit. but <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Melo fan. We were talking about this off air. And, you know, we're going to get into um, Kawhi. We're going to talk about the, the, the Clippers and what's going on with them in fantasy. Uh, it really makes a difference when Kawhi and Paul George are on the floor at the same time. So we really want to talk about that. Luka is dominating. As of right now, I mean – value you got on Luka Doncic is unreal so you know you're loving that for your fantasy teams right now um we're gonna get into some of the Friday night slates um for everybody uh for the DK um but first let's start Mello um so what is he at right now we're uh, the Portland game is on as we record he is at 15 points uh five rebounds and three assists yeah, there's six minutes left in the third quarter, and he's got 15 points, five boards, four assists, and he's played 22 minutes. Wow, so. four assists now. So he's he's going for it. Okay. <laughs> he's trying to be like Luca. Okay. So, all right, look, there's no Dame. And with Damian Lillard out, obviously I think that there's opportunity for Melo to just have the ball in his hands a little bit more. So this makes sense from, you know, just touching the ball a little bit more, more usage. What are your thoughts out when let's just talk about not just right now, but let's talk about Saturday when Lillard comes back. Is this going to work out for Melo? Um, I mean, if he's still in your waiver wires, obviously you're picking him up. Uh, well, I mean, first off, I was super shocked about this. Weren't you that he was signed in Portland? I was shocked that anybody really gave him a chance and especially Portland. It just seems like they're pretty deep on the wings. I mean, they got Rodney Hood, CJ right. McCollum, obviously Kent Bazemore and Anthony Simons was really up and coming too. So, I mean, well, got, it's a low-risk opportunity for them. I and, guess, yeah. And, and they're, at, they're having their worst start. They're at 5-10, and 10, which is their worst start since 2015. So, I guess yeah. maybe, maybe it is the time for a gamble. But. Yeah, I love what Coach said. Uh, he was like, I don't, I don't see why not when asked about Melo starting him. Or, yeah. or, or them starting Melo. He, he, he basically was like, I don't see why not. <laughs> okay. Let's yeah. Go forward here. Um, and, that, and that's great. I mean, honestly, you know, look. Low risk, like I said, you're signing a former all-star, a former scoring champion. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point in his career, you can't expect the old mellow, but if he can just be a set shooter, which at this point in his career, he's a shooter. He's a very good shooter if he's open and he doesn't have to do a lot to create his shot. So look, with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, two of the best penetrators, scores at the, at the rim in mid-range game, they can make him better. So I do see opportunity here for Carmelo Anthony. I know I'm higher than you on him, but I'm saying, like, look, for your season-long leagues, it, again, it's also low risk. I mean, he's not really, you know, just to add him, and he's probably already been added in most leagues, but I think he can have, you know, not, not like this huge ceiling, but I think he can really 
do something for your team uh, if you need that addition on the wing. Yeah, I mean, we got to note, though, he started tonight and in their last game because Damian Lillard was out in both games. So they, they added him into the starting lineup looking for more scoring. In his first game, he played 10 points. I mean, uh, he scored 10 points, added four rebounds in 23 minutes. And then, like I said, tonight he is already at 22 minutes and they're in the third quarter. He's doing better tonight, but it's also worth noting Hassan Whiteside was out tonight. So they rose out Damian Lillard and Whiteside. So right. there's definitely a lot of opportunity here. And like, but there, I don't know if there's a lot of opportunity going forward. Like you said, to start, uh, Damian Lillard is expected to be back Saturday versus the Cavs. And I don't think Whiteside's injury, it's a hip, I believe, isn't very too serious either. So I kind of feel like when this Portland team is really healthy, I kind of think Melo's going to definitely take a back seat. I mean, he could probably chip in with 10 to 15 points some nights, but I really don't know how viable he is. Depending on how deep your league is, I don't know. And I'm, I'm in agreement with you that, yeah, 10 to 15 points on occasion. Um, he's not going to give you 15 every night just like that, especially with Whiteside back, with Damian back. But I do think that he'll find himself. And, like, you know what? He's probably going to be rested a lot of times too. Um, you know, like, he's 35 years old. Like, he's not the best cardio guy. He's never been. So <laughs> he's not going to be playing back-to-backs, all that. So, um, yeah. You add him, and maybe you play him on a good matchup. Maybe if, you know, CJ is out of the game for whatever reason, then, yeah, you play him. So um, Yeah, I mean, like our industry league we're in, there's 20 teams. I mean, right. he's, he's worth adding there. I mean, because, yeah. like, when someone else isn't playing that night and you put him in, he could probably get you 20 to 25 fantasy points possibly. Exactly. But I did. Like I said, I just think when this team is back to full strength, I really don't know how much he's going to do. I think he came in and signed with this team right when they needed him. I mean, Damian Lillard's never hurt. And look, he's missed two games and they bring in Melo. And now he's starting and Melo's catching all the headlines. I mean, we're talking about him, obviously. Good to him. But (laughs) I'm just saying, like, down the road, I don't think he's going to be really anything. Like I said, I really think their wings are really deep. And I think Anthony Simmons is really someone that's coming up on that team. He's had two bad games in a row and he's actually been really affected by Melo being there. But he's really – at the end of the last season when CJ and Damian were out, at one game at the end of the year. I mean, the guy went absolutely off. And he's had some really yeah. big games off the bench this year so far. And I feel like when they're fully healthy, I mean, you're really going to play Carmelo over some prospects that's coming up like Anthony Simmons. I don't know. So Right. Yeah, no, for this team in the West, I mean, you know, obviously Melo makes sense around playoff time. Um, yeah, yeah. For, for what they're trying to do. So, but I will say I, I do like Anthony Simmons a good bit. I played him tonight. I'm regretting that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's been really affected by Melo. I played him too. Yeah. I mean, I think I think I think Anthony. Oh, it's Anthony Simons, dude. We keep saying Simmons. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Simons. Simons yeah, right. Anthony Simons. I always mix that up. But yeah. either way, I mean, well, I it's really. It's Anthony, right? It's Anthony, like Penny's name. Like, yeah, Anthony with an F. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Anthony Simons. I don't know. I just I can't really imagine that Melo gets a lot of work when they're fully healthy. I'm I'm in agreement with you. So let's talk about the uh, the Clippers uh, and their. Um, outlook right now with Paul George back and then we finally got Kawhi and Paul George um, on the court together at the same time so what is your take out on like I mean obviously Kawhi we saw the you know how Paul George affected him so what, what is your take on how they can make it work going forward um, is it going to be one they're going to kind of take turns sort of thing I think so I mean um, when we did our Western Conference preview a couple months ago in the summer I mean, I talked about it. I think they're going to do the load management thing for Paul George as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of times that it's going to be Kawhi alone 
and Paul right. George alone. Like we saw Kawhi all alone to start the season. And then when Paul George came back, he was all alone without Kawhi because of the knee injury. And I think they're going to do that a lot, man. I mean, everybody's complaining about the load management stuff, but Kawhi proved it worked. I mean, he proved that that system worked and that's what he's going to do. And Doc Rivers isn't playing for the first scene in the Western Conference, man. He's playing right. to win it all. He doesn't care right. if you're. He doesn't care if you find him or get mad at him that Kawhi's not playing in the, you know, in yeah. primetime games or whatever. They're gonna do it, and I think he's gonna do it with Paul George. But um, when yeah. they do, when they do play together, like we saw Wednesday versus the Celtics, um, PG scored twenty five points, eight assists, five rebounds in thirty seven minutes. The game went to overtime, and Kawhi had seventeen points, six rebounds, three assists in thirty eight minutes. But the important part of this is Paul George had a thirty percent usage rate. Before that, in the games without Kawhi, he had a 37.8% usage rate. So that's a huge dip. And then Kawhi, last night in the win over the Celtics with Paul George, he had a 29.8% usage rate. In all the games before that without Paul George, he averaged a 41% usage rate, which is one of the highest ones in the league. So they both saw their usage rates massively dip. And Kawhi had his worst fantasy score of the season thus far in his first game with Paul George. And, I mean, he should have had a great game. The game went to overtime. So – I, I think when they play together, I don't think they're going to be really great options for DFS. You're obviously going to start them in season long if you have them, but the time to attack them in DFS is when they're going to be alone. And I think that's going to happen quite often. Yeah, I, I'm with that, you know, and I think most nights that they play together, they're just going to eat into their workload, just like you're saying. So, you know, if one of them goes off, uh, I think it's going to be hard to predict which one. For, Absolutely, for, yeah. for your fantasy team. Um, but obviously you're playing either one in season long for DFS. It's tricky. And I would say, yeah, like you have those games where Kawhi is sitting, Paul George is a great play uh, and vice versa. So uh, which, which player do you think is affected most uh, by these guys when they're on the, the court together? Like which other player gets a hit for me? I'm going to, I'll answer first. It's Lou Williams. And he's just the guy who needs the ball in his hand a lot. Um, he's, great score um but when Kawhi is on the floor they play really well together and you know Lou is essentially the second guy uh on this team that can put the ball in the hole like this is the next best guy off the dribble um and he gives you a lot of scoring but you know we saw the dip uh immediately so I would say Lou Williams is affected by these two the most yeah absolutely I mean Lou Williams was filling in for when, you know, when Paul George is out and Kawhi's playing, he was that second primary scorer, just like you said. So when all three of them are out there, Lou Williams is definitely going to see the biggest hit. Absolutely. But like when we talk about in DFS situations, you know, the next game that Kawhi misses and Paul George is active, you're still going to want to play Lou Will. He's going to be a good target. Yeah, definitely. He'll be at a good price around that time because he'll be lowly owned for a few games when both of these guys are on the court. uh, And then he'll be at like, you know, 6300 or something like that and you can play him very comfortably when one of these guys sits so yeah, yeah. but i mean lou did play well last night i mean he had that game yes. he he had like the one of the best biggest baskets of the game you know and like he basically gave him all that lead he was the spark at the end of the game they needed along with patrick beverly but i mean he still had a productive fantasy night but i i agree with you he's gonna be the one that sees the biggest effect just based off usage that is what lou williams thrives off is having yeah. the ball in his hands so, yeah, I mean, that that game was crazy. I mean, I, I didn't watch it, but I definitely saw the, the the Marcus Smart play at the end. And I saw, of course, Patrick Beverly's shot. And, you know, yeah, yeah I mean, come on. Patrick <laughs> Beverly, like, come on, bro. <laughs> you were open for a reason. Yeah. I mean, how, about, <laughs> how about his uh, flop? 
That was oh, I bad. didn't see the flop. Oh no, the flop was terrible, dude. He like biggest acting job ever. There was oh, a lot. Oh, I did see it. Yeah, yeah, I did see it. Yeah, it was terrible. It was. There was a there was a lot of bad calls in that game, and uh, I know I sound biased as a Celtics fan, but there really was, man, on both sides. Well, it was it was nationally televised, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean that was one of the best games so far this year. I think that was really a great wow. Game. Yeah, yeah, that was I, a great game, dude. I was following it on Twitter a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, sometimes on those national TV games, there's a little bit more calls. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, I mean, maybe a potential finals preview. We don't know. <laughs> that would be very cool. That would be yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, – I think it's definitely a possibility. I mean, I would say that I like the makeup of the Clippers over the Lakers. And, I'm yeah, you know, I mean, like I'm a Lakers fan, but, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Lou Williams fan. And I do think that him and Paul George and Kawhi, I mean, the three of them on the floor together – with a guy like Harold, who just gives you all that hustle, gives you all that energy, and can play a role, doesn't need the ball in his hands, and can be great. Um, that's very important, you know. I mean, he he's and, so much. And Patrick Beverly, dude. Harrell. What's that? And Patrick Beverly. I mean, look at all that and energy. Beverly, yeah, yeah. Both of these guys. You're right. Those are the, that's the kind of guys you want to build or build around, or those are integral parts yeah. to uh, to a team like this. I mean, I was getting a, I was getting ahead of myself last night, but I was thinking about the playoffs, dude. I mean. Lakers Clippers is going to be insane. Like, yes. think about when those two teams play. That's just going to be wild. Battle of LA <laughs> is going to be insane. You're right. Yeah, dude. That series. Like, I mean, like Rondo and Pat Beverly going at it. LeBron and Kawhi. You know, yeah. like AD. AD. I mean, AD should feast on them inside. But I mean, that's a, that's a story <laughs> for a different time. But definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like where your head's at, though. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Luca and look, triple double machine. He's he's this year's Westbrook except nobody's dogging him for uh, stat patents, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> good for Luca. Um, but, yeah, seriously, 42-11-12 against the Spurs and just casually closed them out. I mean, he's calm, collective. I mean, his game is not fast, but he is crafty, and he can shoot. Um, I, I mean, and then, you know, like I, we were talking off air, Al, like I didn't play him in DFS because I thought it was going to be a blowout. He only played 26 minutes. Like, it's that was something I was worried about. You're talking versus Golden State, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. The next game against Golden State, which I thought was going to be a blowout. Then he puts up 35, 11, and 10 in only 26 minutes. So, like, he's fine on a limited usage. And like you mentioned now, he's really good at home. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging six more DK points per game this year at home compared to when on the road. So, that's a pretty sizable difference. And yeah, you know, and you got to look for that when you're playing DFS. You have to understand that oh. in a good matchup at home, you have to pay up uh, for Luca at this point. Seriously, I mean, he's becoming like almost like a must play. We'll talk about it when we get into tomorrow's slate. But when he's at home, man, he's almost a 60 plus guaranteed. He's averaging 62.2 DK points per game this season, which is the best in the league. Harden's at second at 61. Um, he's averaging yeah. 29 points, 10 rebounds, and 9.4 assists. So he's basically almost averaging a triple-double, and he leads the league with seven triple-doubles. So, And the real question is, though, if we were going to redraft season-long leagues, would you take him number one right now? Wow, that's huge. Um, well, I probably would not, but because Harden's giving you a lot, and I think that we can count on that throughout the season where the triple-doubles – you have to understand that that's going to be a regression, right? Like he's not going to be able to get triple doubles every night. And, you know, Harden can get you big, big uh, output without, with just scoring 50 points, you know, and that's, that's going to happen. 
um, as we've seen with Harden in, you know, this year and last year and the year before. So I, I still would probably go Harden, um, which was my thinking at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, uh, I really think it's a stronger debate now. I don't yeah. know. I, I think I might actually go Luga. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because, yeah. um, I mean, I, I just I, – I really do think – I don't think the triple doubles are going to be an every night thing, but, like, sure. I think he's going to average close to that. While as, I mean, Harden's getting you all the scoring this year. I mean, he might average over 40 regular points per game, but he's not really flaring with the triple doubles at the moment. Right. What is his um, season average on assists? Do you know offhand, like for Harden right now? I can pull it up right now. Because I think it's probably around eight, right? I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. You're not losing much, and you're getting so much of, of a ceiling with Harden he's, every night. Yeah, he's averaging 38.4 points, seven and a half assists, and 5.7 rebounds. Yeah, like, so, I'm good with that. You know, I feel <laughs> – Yeah. And, no, I know, and I know both, obviously, would, and you're right. But I think the point here is that we're talking about Luca as being arguably, like, a fine pick for, for number one overall beginning of the year. Absolutely, man. I mean, you can't argue against it. He's the number one fantasy player per game already. 100%. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a debate. But those are the one and two if we were doing redrafts right now. Absolutely. Uh, no, that that triple double he had on Monday, he was the second youngest player to post a forty point triple double. Uh, LeBron did it in '05 at age twenty. They're both twenty, but he was technically younger by about a half a year. So, right, and like <laughs> you said, and you know, right now, uh, and and that's insane. It's insane that he's doing that. Um, just came into the league very polished. We, you saw it right away, and he got the respect of veterans in the league right away. Um, so it was not a question of, you know, confidence if he's, you know, he's seen the big moment. So he's putting it all together right now. And it's pretty, pretty awesome to see, especially because they got a team in Dallas. You know, I think they can really put together something, you know, to make the playoffs and give somebody a run. You know, yeah. what I mean? he's there, they'll be able to compete. Absolutely, man. And I, I really hope they make the playoffs because I want to see him perform on, you know what I mean? On that biggest yes. stage. I want to see it like when the game slows down and it gets like into a grind fest, I want to see how it goes with Luca. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting to like, think about it this way. I mean, he was rookie of the year last year, but like he's playing so much better this year now that he's going to be in the MVP race potentially. And he's almost going to be in the most improved player conversation. That's how much of a leap I feel like he's already taken. So let's transition into uh, tomorrow's night. Tomorrow night's uh, DK slate. When you listen to this, it'll be tonight, so uh, Friday night. And let's talk about Luca. He's absolutely. He's eleven thousand four hundred, but he's in a fine matchup at home, like we talked about. So you got to play Luca at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging sixty four point nine, so basically sixty five DK points per game at home. Like I said, that's a big split of almost six no it's over six points so he's averaging six more points at home in Dallas this season he's going to be going against the Cavs who are 19th in defensive efficiency he's 11-4 which is a career high and season high obviously in price but I mean at this point dude I mean he's gone what is he, he's gone over 70 in three straight games I, I kind of feel like if you're making a team tomorrow that has like a stars and scrub idea I think you're building around Luca yet again Dude, I'm with you, man. And, like, you know, he's – like, I, I probably would go hard. And, like I said, I'm not – but I'm saying, like, for Luca right now, he's giving you steals too. You know, yeah. he's giving you steals. He's – like, I love, like, that he can put you together, like, two, three steal games with these triple doubles. Um, it's huge. So, he has – the lowest that he scored was 
56 DK points uh, since November 8th. And yeah. before that, it was one game of 43 that was a low game. And then before that, it was two games of 73. So uh, with at least 73. So the whole month of November, he's just been pouring it on. Um, you you got to play him in tomorrow night's late. And then I, what I was thinking was, look, if you don't want to pay up, for James Harden, who plays the Clippers, which is a great play. This is a fantastic play. Um, and then LeBron against OKC. I think there's a case to be made. Like You can build around Trey Young and Bradley Beal for tomorrow night's games. What are your thoughts on that? Because Bradley Beal, you know, he's been playing very well, and he can give you a high output. We know that he can put up 60 or 70 fantasy points in the game. What's your take on that? Or can you not miss out on Luka right now? Uh, I think you could go the route of playing Luca and potentially someone that's right under 10 grand, like Bradley Beal. Um, not all the point totals, the point totals, sorry, are out, but tomorrow in the Hornets Wizards game, that's the highest total we currently have at 233 points. I mean, the Hornets and Wizards have been just terrible defenses, and Bradley Beal is going to be at home. So I, I definitely think Bradley Beal is a strong target, and I think you could build around Luca and Bradley Beal if you wanted to. You can make it work. And the, like other thing that. To, the other thing to choose Luca over Harden tomorrow, we talk about – I talk about it a lot. Home and away splits are really big, especially with someone like Luca. And Luca's at home, and Harden's going to be on the road facing potentially Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and Kawhi Leonard. Right. I, so, I mean, I, don't, I, I think that's – I mean, Harden's going to do well. I mean, it's a high total. He's Harden, you know what I mean? But I don't think he's really got that massive ceiling in that matchup. So – yeah, and I, you know, I who I really liked most. So I'm looking at you know some of these uh, good plays because that's a good point um, where Harden might give you 40 fantasy points, right? Or just talk about that. Maybe you could just pivot off that. I really like uh, Jimmy Butler tomorrow night too. Absolutely, so another guy who's going to be coming to Chicago um, and has been playing outstanding. Um, I mean, the past two games, he's given you at least 46 fantasy points, um, and then at least 40 in three of his last four games so he he's doing it for you I mean 38 is might be like a lower end that's what he gave you uh, a few weeks ago so I would play Jimmy Butler um and I'm looking at uh at Kawhi at home against Houston I mean that's that's huge I, I think that could be obviously we're talking about him and Paul George um taking away from each other but I still think either one of these guys is viable I mean uh, you got to consider them um, when you're talking about look the the, out, the range of outcomes for Kawhi Leonard tomorrow night, he can still give you 50 or 60 fantasy points, which maybe you're not happy with that. Maybe Luca's going to give you 70. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's always a chance Paul George sits or Kawhi sits, and we're going to attack the other one, like we talked right. about earlier in the show. Uh, yeah, and back to Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, he's going to be playing the Bulls, and uh, and he's heading to Chicago. And uh, in his last two games against Chicago, all, obviously his former team, he's averaging 50 DK points per game. Right. So, and Jimmy Butler is someone I definitely think is like into the revenge factor. So, <laughs> I, I think he's definitely a yeah. great target. That uh, what is he 8300? 8300. Yeah, I think that's a really good price for him. Yeah, and especially against Chicago, they've been terrible on D. So, um, there's just so many good matchups in tomorrow's slate. So, uh, you know, like I'm looking at Russell Westbrook. Such a good price at 8400 I mean, obviously, um, he gives you some bad games for that price, so it's really tough. He's kind of erratic at this point. 
Um, but what do you think of Donovan Mitchell at home against Golden State tomorrow night? I mean, the matchup's great, but again, I worry about like Luca just played 26 minutes. If Donovan Mitchell plays 26 minutes, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Golden State is the worst ranked defense in the league, but that also can hurt you, like we saw versus Dallas. I mean, they could just blow him off the floor. But I definitely think Donovan Mitchell's in play against this bad defense. Yeah. And um, uh, Dray- Draymond's questionable. I mean, they're still one of the worst defenses in the NBA with just him out there. But if he were to be out, the matchup even gets softer. Exactly. Yeah. We were talking about Lou Williams. Look, at home against Houston, man, I, I would love to play Lou Williams. Revenge. <laughs> I-, I think I can still play him, honestly. 6,600, it's such a good matchup, even with both Kawhi and Paul George. I feel like I'm contradicting myself from earlier, but you have to look at the matchup at home. Look, he's still going to be on the floor. I would I would play Lou Williams in this. I mean, I don't mind him for GBPs, but like I, I really don't think I'd – I'd only be on him if one of Kawhi or Paul George said, I think. Um, the total of that Rockets-Clippers game, currently it's the second highest of the night uh, at 227, and there's 10 games tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, and that's the, the logic to play a guy like Lou Williams in that. Um, yeah. Um, another one, I, I'm targeting uh, Scary Terry, Terry Rozier. Oh, I, I what. Yeah, <laughs> he let me down a little bit. Uh, I was really heavy invested on him Wednesday night against Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn's just the perfect spot for point guards this season. Yeah. He let me down. He let me down a little bit, but he's heading to Washington now, and Washington is 29th in defensive efficiency, so that's second worst. And they also played a really fast pace at seventh, and Charlotte is 21st in pace, so that's a huge pace bump for Terry. And like I said, this game's got the highest total at 233. So 6,200 bucks seems like a really good discount for Terry. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, I was going to bring him up. I was going to set you up nicely on that transition. <laughs> you took it from me, so it's all good. Um, but, yeah, no, I like playing teams against Washington this year. Um, I think seeing Washington on the uh, – like I like what I've been doing this year a lot is I've been playing Bradley Beal if I think the matchup's going to be like higher scoring. And then I'm – going the the guy on the other team that's going to be gunning with him yeah do you, yeah. Do you feel what i'm saying yeah you're almost so, like you're almost like running it back like a game stack exactly so yeah. terry terry rosier would fit that bill for sure um anybody else from the point guard that you would play from tomorrow night uh point guard like i said luca you were talking about trey young yes um i'm into terry as i said i don't think sga uh, Gilgis Alexander is a bad price. He's going back home and he's going to be against LA, which is really tough. Lakers are one of the best defenses in the league, but he averages 10 more fancy points per game at home this year. So, I mean, if we look at his last couple home games, he got 34 and a half against Philly, which is a really tough matchup. He got 43 and a half against Milwaukee, also a tough matchup. He's much better at home, and that's a pretty friendly price at uh, $6,400. I don't mind him there. Let's uh let's get into the forwards. Um, at seventy eight hundred, how are you feeling about Kevin Love tomorrow night? Because I don't know if Tristan Thompson is playing, but he didn't play last game, and he, he'll Love, he'll be back. It was just uh, yeah, they were just wrestling him the other night. Got it. So it was everybody pretty much healthy over there in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, basically, yeah. For, okay, but still seventy eight hundred for Kevin Love. I think it's a good matchup, and you can have a good, good solid game. Um. Would you play Kevin Love or would you pivot off of that? I, I mean, I don't mind him at the price. He's always viable when he's at this reasonable of a price. I mean, once upon a time where you're paying ten grand for Kevin Love, I know he was a different player, but he's someone that could always explode. And Dallas is, I mean, they're an average defense, but this game should be pretty high scoring. You just worry about Dallas blowing out Cleveland. So, I mean, that that's definitely the main concern, I think. 
So let's talk about some of these. Uh, let's talk about some of these small forwards going tomorrow slate um, or the Friday night slate. Uh, Bajam, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Bojan Bogdanovich? Which one? Which one? Utah or Sacramento? Utah. Um, yeah, I think he's Bojan, and the other one's Bogdan. I, I don't know. They're the same. Oh, it's a J. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, one of them's the one in Utah is with a J. The other one in Sacramento is with a G. So Bojan, we'll call that. Bojan. Okay, so Bojan Bogdanovich has been playing over 30 minutes a game. I mean, he's giving you a lot of volume. And like you were saying, Al, it's a really good matchup uh, against Golden State, 6,200. I think it's a great price. Again, I worry about the blowout, and I just have to, like, consider that when I'm playing Bogdanovich tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I don't have the spread. I don't think it's out yet, but Utah's got to be favored by double digits in this game, regardless of Draymond's status. But uh, Bogdanovich has been lining it up. I mean, he went off the other night on Wednesday night, scored uh, 30 points against Minnesota. He scored 43 DK points. So against Golden State, like I said, they're the worst rated defense in the NBA. He's pretty valuable at this price, $6,200. And you could play him at small forward or power forward. I really like at the power forward position, 5,700, Belizia. Um, again, a lot of minutes. And I like playing Belizia a lot when he gets the opportunity um, because he gives you a high uh, rebounds and then he also hits threes for you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what about Rui? What about the Japanese hatchet? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, no, this Charlotte-Washington uh, game, I think, can have some nice fantasy games. Yeah, um, and yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte's just terrible inside, man. I mean, they're one of the spots to attack this year for big men. And uh, I, I mean, I think Thomas Bryant is, is a great play. I think Miles yeah. Bridges is a nice play. Yeah, I mean, that everybody in that game is really viable. They're both just dream spots for both teams. And Ruby's, in, Ruby's inconsistent so far, but he's only five grand. He's going to be at home. I mean, if he ended up playing 30 minutes, he should be able to hit six times value. He's at five grand. Man, Daniel Tice had 40 points last game. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, he played well, and the game went to overtime, too, so it was a little inflated. Wow. So that was against uh, the Clippers? Yeah. 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 Okay. So he, I mean, at 4,900, I mean, that's an awesome play at the power forward spot. Yeah. And um, Joe Kick has actually been really bad on D this year. Um, Denver's allowing a lot of fantasy points to centers. I don't have the exact rank up, but I'm pretty sure they're in the top 10 of most fantasy points to centers. The only problem is the game total of this game is pretty low. I mean, Boston and Denver are pretty good defenses. Yeah. Right now, the total's at 206. So compare that to like Washington, Charlotte, which is 233. It's a little suspect. But like I said, Denver's a good spot for centers. So $4,900 is definitely reasonable for Tice. Tice, Tice, baby. Tice, Tice, baby. Yeah, I mean, definitely. This dude can be Vanilla Ice's cousin easily. I like this guy a lot. <laughs> I think he's a good player. Uh, and he's definitely got like some some flair out there when he's on the court. So I would definitely, you know, at 4900 when, you know, if he's getting those minutes, I think that, you know what's going on with Robert Williams. I mean, he's just not getting the 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 usage that you want. So he can't. He's not a viable option uh, right now. And then Cantor, um, are, are they just not using Cantor? Like, is he just playing twenty minutes a game? He's playing less than twenty minutes. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say it. Um, now when they have them all three of them healthy, you know, Cantor, Tice, and Robert Williams, Tice is really, I think, jumped away from the pecking order. You know what I mean? He's really at the front now. They, he's definitely their primary big. I mean, there will yeah. be, be nights, I bet, that him and Robert Williams play the same amount or him and Cantor play the same amount. But right now, they've been going with Tice as the primary. Obviously, as a starter, but he's been playing the most, and he's definitely their primary big currently. 
Yeah, a, a good option for tomorrow night is uh, playing Thomas Bryant and Daniel Tice at the power forward and center. Um, I'm liking that as far yeah. as like, a cheap option. Um, anybody else from the power forward or center position for you? Um, I'm Embiid's in a really good spot at home against San Antonio. Yep. We've we've just seen his numbers dip since Horford arrived. I mean, he went off in the games without Horford this year. I think it's one or two games. But with Horford on the court, he's been kind of not the fantasy stud from last year. But either way, at home against San Antonio, San Antonio is the third-ranked worst defense in the NBA this year. They've just looked terrible on defense, and they got no answer for anyone inside. So I think Embiid at home, that's a pretty reasonable price tag. Was he 96? 93. Uh, yeah, 93. 93. 93. 93, so, yeah. Yeah, and um, at the center position, I think Capella is nicely priced at 7,700. Yeah, he's been he's been awesome, dude. He's yeah. just you just you just worry about like all of a sudden his minutes get cut sometimes, but he's just been great. He's got seven double doubles in a row. He's gotten over he's gotten twenty rebounds or more in five straight. So I mean yeah. and the Clippers can definitely be exposed in size. Uh I mean inside, look what you just said about Tice. You're like Tice got forty fancy points. It's like, yeah, he's right. been Clippers. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, honestly, uh, at FF Professor SD3. Um, and then Al, you're at uh, Hunter512. That's H U N T A 512. And I'll, I'll be updating you with their, all the injury news leading up to lock. Anything that I think is slate changing or anything that you should pay attention to, I usually put it out. And I usually give you a yeah, stat definitely. with it. That's that's true. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I'm when I'm on Twitter, I'm looking at that and it, it really is insightful because you know, you're, you're on top of it. And once you're following somebody like Al and you're playing DK, it makes it a lot easier. So follow Al. Definitely. Um, I'm going to get you, uh, if you have any questions, I can help you out, uh, with, uh, fantasy basketball. Of course. Um, we give you this podcast every week, uh, talk about fantasy basketball. We're going to get some live stuff out soon. Uh, doing the live shows so we can get right before the slate um, and talk about all the updated uh, injury news because that's really what matters uh, when you're talking about D DK uh, and DFS. Uh, but we want to do these season-long episodes for you um, here on the Pick and Roll podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, of course. Shout out to uh, Andy Singleton and Expand the Box score over there. Uh, of course, we are on the Expand the Box Score platform. Go over there for all of your uh, fantasy news analysis. We have a lot of statisticians over there. They're giving you awesome numbers. Um, really good group of guys over there, uh, Expand the Box Score. Anything, you got anything else, Al, before we get out of here? Uh, make sure you turn in Sunday to Flex or Fade. Uh, me and Steve's live Periscope, we go through the NFL slate of that Sunday every day, every Sunday at noon, and we go through the games and give you the guys we want to flex, the guys we want to fade, you know, and give us our insights. So be sure to tune into that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's definitely good stuff coming out of that. I mean, we are on top of that every week. Um, it's fun to kind of be right about some things. I think somebody called me, uh, what did he said, professor, not, nah, talk about the profit. I was like, The okay. profit, man. I, I like that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I called Gus Edwards a couple weeks ago and I was wrong, in all honesty. So I just kind of said it again, like, hey, look, Gus Edwards, like, he's, he's getting the work. So, look. Steve, uh, you're like the backup running back whisperer. <laughs> you really did. Like, uh, remember you called uh, the Tony Pollard game 
I mean, you, right. yeah, you called the Tony Pollard game, and that was his best game of his career, dude. So that's right. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're the backup running back whisperer. That's <laughs> what I'm gonna call you. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, we, we are out of here tonight. Thanks for listening again to the Pick and Roll podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you.